so rich and I ain't talking about cheddar, but I bet cool Christ going talk to the teller, cut a check till I get, I be cashing forever. Half of the same time, get the thing gold, they be lacking the pay that nigga straight man, we ain't lacking the thing back with the fake pay, but the blood of the lamp, that is paid, that is paid. Oh, when the Good morning. Good morning. All right. All right. Anybody ready for the word of God this morning? Come on. Are we excited about the word of God this morning? Yeah. Chunka, I got to get my pop lock game better because we're going to battle. That's a hard act to follow. Amen, amen, amen. Can I just welcome you to the sanctuary this morning? Would you just turn to somebody and say, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're here. Amen. Tell somebody, I'm glad I made it in. Yeah. Let's see how glad you are after you hear this message. Here's the quote. Here's the quote this morning. Ready? There is no sin too great for God's grace. There's no habit too big for his healing. There's no label too strong for his love. Amen. Father, we just thank you for that perfect grace, God. That grace that we can't earn, that we, can't, that we don't deserve. That grace, God, that you give to us so freely. We thank you for it. We rest in it this morning. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. I want to start with a, a parable this morning. You know, I love those parables. Jesus just always dropping stories. He just want to make it easy on people to understand some things. And somebody was asking him, Peter was asking him about forgiveness. Well, how many times should we forgive people? I mean, come on. And so Jesus says, okay, let me tell you a little story. He dropped this illustration on them. This can be found in Matthew 18. I'm not going to read it. I'm just going to tell you the story, but check make sure I didn't make this up. Jesus says, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to... I mean, no, whenever, whenever Jesus starts a story with the kingdom of heaven is like, it's something we should listen to, Amen. If that's, at least, you know, if that's where you intend to go, if that's where you intend to spend eternity, that's something we should listen to. He says, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who wanted to settle his accounts with his servants. And so one servant was brought before him because he owed 10,000 talents. Just to give you an idea, a talent is anywhere between 15 to 20 years old wages one talent for a day laborer of this kind and he owed 10,000 talents so Jesus is trying to help you understand that this is a debt that he could never pay back you, you got that so the king ordered well take him and his wife and his children sell them all and sell everything that they own to pay back that debt And the servant fell to his knees asking for mercy. He said, please have compassion on me. Please, I'll pay back everything I owe you. You know that's impossible. 
He says, please, I'll pay back everything I owe you. The king, the word says, took compassion on him and released him and forgave his debt. Somebody say amen. amen. Say, God, do to my MasterCard as the king has done. Go ahead, you can pray that. It's all right. The king forgave him, released him, released his debt. Now, the same servant, the story tells us, he went out and he found someone that owed him a hundred denarii. That was nothing compared to 10,000 talents. And he found this one guy that owed him a hundred denarii. And the word says he started to choke him. He said, give me my money. Where's my money at? And the guy said... He fell to his knees and he, he said, please have compassion on me. Have mercy on me. I'll pay you back. I will. I'll pay it all back. And the man said no. And he continued to choke him and he had him thrown in prison until he can pay back that debt. Now understand, if you threw him in prison, there's no way he can pay back that debt. So the king hears about this and the king says, bring back that servant to me. And he, they bring him back that servant and he tells him, you evil servant. You evil, shouldn't you have forgiven the small debt after I forgave your huge debt? And he gave him to the jailers and he said, have him thrown in jail until he can pay back that debt. So, you know, he's a lifer, right? He's doing life. And then Jesus says this really sweet, beautiful words in verse 35. He says, so also... My heavenly Father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother. Ponte bende. That's, that's, ponte bengue on that one, right? So then my heavenly Father will do to you if you do not forgive your brother from the heart. Church, our own forgiveness should motivate us to forgive. All right, I, I'm not going to wait on amens because I know this is hard to digest and it's just going to get harder, so I'm just going to keep going, amen? We've been doing a series for a few weeks now. I wanted, to, to, I wanted us to take this fresh look on grace. I wanted to, us to look at grace differently because the more people that we meet here, the, the, more I, the more we get to see that a lot of us just believe what we've heard. We don't really know what the Word says, Amen? It's all right to confess that, right? We just believe what we've been told, even if you've been told by pastors. That's why I tell you, check what I'm preaching because I could be off. Amen? Even some of the things that we've been told by pastors, we say, well, the pastor said it from that other church. He got a big church. He got to know what he's talking about. Really? He's a man like you. He could have had a flat tire that morning. He could have had a fight with his wife that morning. Do you know that happens sometimes? Not to me because I got a great wife, but, you know. So we've heard so many things. Tell me, tell me if you, it, it, listen to this quote. The church, the people of God, have been operating on a set of rules and traditions that have been handed down by the Pentecostal Pharisees of our time. That's my quote. You can put that in, put my name underneath that. 
Listen, listen to the things that I hear that people have heard from pastors. They tell me that. This, I'm not making any of this up. I've heard this from people. People come here and they tell me, I can't take communion because I wasn't baptized. I can't get baptized because I'm divorced. So I can't take communion because I'm not baptized because I'm divorced. So I can never take communion. They tell me, I, I, don't, I heard that I don't give enough money to be a member here. I heard that I can't, I can't step up and do worship because I have tattoos. I, I have to take off my earring to be on the worship team. I can't be in leadership because I wear makeup, because I shave my legs, because I don't wear my hair up, because I wear pants. I've heard God is angry at me. He's been punishing me for a long time. God is done with me. I can't go to church or be the church. I have to get my life together before I come to church. Anybody heard that? You've said it, right? I've heard, I have to get things in order before I come to God. I don't want to be a hypocrite. The church is full of hypocrites. It's one or the other, right? It doesn't, people just use it as an excuse. I have to live right before I make that commitment. I have to stop smoking before I, I get right with God. I have to buy some church clothes before I can start going to church. I can't do this because I did that. I can't have that because I did this. Can I tell you one last message? Forget what you heard. Come on, feel the release of that. Forget what you heard. The gospel is good news. The gospel is good news. A, a pastor friend of mine has this t-shirt I've been looking for. It says, these are my church clothes. I love that. If somebody finds that, get it for me. Medium. The gospel is good news. The grace of God is freely given. It cannot be earned. It cannot be won. It cannot be deserved. Uh, is this freeing anybody this morning? The good news is you don't get what you deserve. Christianity has been portrayed as this man-pleasing, crowd-appeasing, itchy-ear-scratching, love-detaching, servant-manipulating, sin-capitulating, money-robbing, member-snobbing, all-talk-and-no-walk religion. It's as pointless... When, when you look at Christianity like this, it's as pointless. I'm going to offend some people. It's as pointless as a group of Jehovah Witnesses arguing with a group of Mormons about the Sabbath in front of a Seventh-day Adventist church across the street from a botanica when two Catholics pass by. <laughs> if I didn't offend you yet, it's coming. Church, if we don't get this grace thing right, because we want to be good people, right? We, we end up being religious people. I wish there was more than one of you getting me, but listen. This is the last message in this series, Forget What You Heard. I want to make things as clear as possible, whether you've grown up in church your whole life or whether this is the first sermon series you've ever listened to. I, I, I want you to understand that grace is something that we get to receive freely and we need to walk in fully. I'm hoping you're going to feel the weight of that. But this is something that we need to receive fully, receive freely, and walk in 
fully. Listen to this message. The title of this message is This is how we do it. Everybody, come on. This is how we do it. All right, that's enough. That's the title of this message because I want to make it clear. How do we do this thing? We got to walk in this grace and this is how we do it. Amen. You ready? I want to make it clear. We've been given these amazing examples, these, these pictures in the last couple of weeks. If you've been paying attention, if you haven't, you can go online and kind of re, re-listen to them while you're not, you know, on Pentagram and this and Pinterest and Insta. I just made a new program, Pentagram. Somebody copyright that. That's going to be big. Anyway, listen to them at home, online. Get, get it because we've been giving you these amazing examples, these pictures. And the goal of this series for me, what I truly want to accomplish with this series would be to illustrate the grace of God, to give you snapshots of the Savior. I, I, my, my goal was this to be as intense as a master's degree on grace and yet as simple as a children's picture book. Because some of us need the books with pictures, amen? It's two of you, amen. Family, I, I, I want you to be able to not only understand grace for yourself because that's going to save you and set you free, but I also want you to be able to walk in it. As a minister of reconciliation to you, once you've been reconciled with God, that means you've been made right with God, then God automatically makes you a minister of reconciliation. And, and you got to get that because otherwise it's a selfish Christianity that we're living out. It's all about me. Give me me, give me me, give me me, give me me. I want to worship, I want to worship, give me more. I want to get the goosebumps, I want to get on the floor, I want to feel, give me healing, give me this, give me this. But then we walk out of here and we're choking the guy that cuts us off. We're flipping the guy off that cuts us off. I use this finger, sorry. And I feel like at this point in the, in the message series, we've been, we've been giving you enough tools not only to be reconciled with God, but to be these agents of reconciliation. You have to understand, this is for you. This is for your families. This will help you in your relationships. This will help you in your marriage, as parents, the people you meet. This is how you do it. You've been given these tools. You know, like, uh, I love those, those certificate programs, TCI, Technical Career Institute, right? One of those things. You, anybody graduated from one of those? Come on, guys. Get your, get your butts in school if you haven't done something. You graduate from one of those things, you get a certificate, and you get a set of tools. Isn't that awesome? A certificate and a set of tools. Why? Because they're saying, you've been taught now how to do something, and here are the tools to go and do it. Amen? So you graduate as a mechanic, and you get a a bag of tools to be able to change the oil, or at least do something. Amen? Amen? So in this message, we, we, we've tried to give you all the tools, and now in your own life, what you need to do is reflect on the stories and the biblical truth that we've shared with you throughout this sermon series. I want you to reflect back on the story of the prodigal son that we shared as, as message number one. The prodigal son is a grace that waits. It's a grace, it shows us a grace that watches It shows us a a, a grace that it it waits for those that have turned away and it receives them back and restores them. And so 
when people come back into your life, come back into your church, come back into your circle of friends, with this tool, you'll fight the need to say, I told you where you're going, that wasn't going to work. You'll fight the need to, to give the I told you souls. You'll fight the need to, to, you'll pull back the shame. You'll fight the need to give a lecture. Anybody ever wanted to give somebody a lecture? Right? Come on, you've done it. I've heard you. <laughs> I've done it. People come back, you want to give them a lecture. Okay, you're the here. I told you that wasn't going to work. But you want to do the hard way. You want to learn things the hard way. Anybody ever said that? You want to learn things the hard way, right? You want to just get on and get on and ride that, that thing. This, this tool will help you hug on their neck and just rejoice with them. Because they were lost and now they're found. Because they were lost and now they're found. And, and listen to me, if that doesn't bring joy to you when someone was turned away and they came back, if that doesn't bring joy to you, then you're probably the one that went away. Now I'm not telling you this is easy, but this is how you do it. Think about the story of Jonah that we shared. Jonah is a grace that rescues the repentant. It's a grace that goes, that, 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 that goes after the rebellious. And when they repent, it, it treats them as if nothing ever happened. I love that tool. You need to use that tool with your wife, with your husband, with your children. They go away, they rebel, they do things you don't want them to do. When they, when they come back, you don't beat them up. You just treat them, you love on them, you hug on their neck like the, like the prodigal son, and then you treat them like Jonah, like it never happened. This will heal your marriage. This will restore your relationship with your kids again, no matter what you've gone through. Practice these tools, amen? Family, uh, for a long time, there's been times in my life a long time ago where, where people have made mistakes and they walked away from God and from the church and when they tried coming back, I was so judgmental and critical. Anybody ever been there? I was so judgmental, I wanted to make it even harder for them to be in the right relationship with God because I felt they needed more work. I felt they needed to pay more dues. I, I felt they, they should be feeling worse about what they did. Come on, anybody ever, ever, ever felt that way? People come back, you don't want them to just, I don't want to see them up there worshiping. I want to see them crying in the back for four weeks first. And then maybe sit in the middle of the church month three. And then, you know, after a year maybe, maybe after a year of, of faithful, they better not miss a Sunday. They miss a Sunday, they ain't really serious with Jesus. After maybe a year or two, then maybe they could approach the altar. Approach it. Don't even make it all the way. But I know what you did. You, you ever felt that way? You ever? Come on. I confess, man. I, I, I've been there. And, and God forgive me because some of those people have never returned. That hasn't been here in the sanctuary. That was my life before. Because that's all I knew. That's, that's, you know, when, but, but when I read something like the prodigal son and reflect on the way God dealt with Jonah, I realized I have no right. 
I have no right to, to hold back compassion, to hold back mercy, to hold back grace from anybody. Who am I? Who are we to hold back and, and decide what's, what's punishment for somebody? When somebody leaves God, they're lost, and then they come back and they're found. We just got to rejoice with them. Somebody say amen. amen. Now I'm happy to report that I'm criticized and I'm talked about because I forgive too freely. You know what? I don't care what people say because I don't want to please people. I want to please God. I want to please God. And so I don't have to do it the way it was done. I want to do it the way Jesus did it. Forget what you heard. Somebody say amen. amen. There are times when somebody comes to me asking for mercy, asking for forgiveness. And at that very moment, I feel the grace of God in my life covering over the person that's just coming and confess, and I feel the grace. And I say, God, this is a beautiful thing. If you've never felt that, you you got to understand. That's when you can receive grace for yourself. When, when you feel it so heavy on you that it covers over the person that's asking for forgiveness. It covers over that person. And you know, say, God, God, you, you live in here, man. I, I might be a Christian for real. Sometimes that will surprise you. It will shock you. I'm actually, there's something good inside of me. Amen? This is how we do it. This is how it's done. Amen? When we, we've been given these tools, I want you to remember, remember the story of Hagar. A grace that says to the forgotten, to the insignificant. She was a slave girl from Egypt, from, from Egypt sold to the Hebrews as a slave girl. She's forgotten. She was insignificant. So it's a grace that says to the marginalized, to those that have been rejected their whole lives, to people who feel like they can never catch a break, who, people who feel like they can never get ahead. They feel like they were born at the wrong time to the wrong people in the wrong place. Anybody ever been there or know somebody like that? In Hagar, we see a grace that says, although the world has forgotten you, though everyone has rejected you, God says, I see you. I see you. I know you. I know who you are. I know what you've been through. I know the pain you're feeling. I know how much it hurts, but I see you. And I got you. I'm with you, God says. They're, they, you have to get these. These are more than just Bible stories. They're illustrations of grace. Take that out of the word and ask yourself, who are the Hagars in your life? Who are those people who feel like nobody cares about them? Who are those people who feel like they don't matter to God? And then ask yourself, how do you treat them? How do you treat them? That's so, that's so big. How do, you, how do they feel around you? Jesus tells us another parable in Matthew 25. This is heavy. Matthew 25, starting in 34, it says, And then the king will say to those on the right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. Why? Because when I was hungry... 
you gave me something to drink. And when I was a stranger, you invited me in. And when I needed clothes, you clothed me. When I was sick, you looked after me. When I was in prison, you came to visit me. And then the righteous will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry? When did we feed you or thirsty? And when did we give you something to drink? When did we see you <coughs> a stranger? And invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you when did we see you Jesus sick or in prison and we go to visit you and the king will reply I tell you the truth whatever you did for one of the least of these you've done unto me you need to feel the weight of that whatever you've done unto the least of them you've done to me That's how we do it. We have to use these tools that we've been given in this sermon series and, and, and remember Peter's life that we talked about one Sunday. A grace that calls you out. A grace that will change your name in order to change your identity. We meet people all the time and they call themselves these stupid names. I met some guy, he told me my name, yo, they call me Burnout. I said, you know what? I'm not going to call you burnout. I'm changing your name. You know people like this. You change their names to change their identity. You're, 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 you're operating in this grace, amen? A grace that empowers you to do great things but still catches you when you fall like Peter did. A grace that's there when you fail and calls you by name. This is a tough one, man. Peter denied Jesus three times. And yet when he came back, when he resurrected, he called Peter by name. He says, tell the disciples and Peter. This is so tough to get because when, with you and us, when somebody unfriends us on Facebook... You dead to me, son. You dead. You dead. You dead to me. Don't call me. Take my number out your contact. You dead to me. Anybody feeling convicted as I am? I'm going to move on from that one. Pastor Gary shared about Barnabas, son of encouragement, a grace that doesn't give up on people. A grace that doesn't write, let me look at my watch so you think I'm, I care. Uh, a grace that doesn't write people off because they let you down or because they made mistakes. Because they made bad decisions. Forget what you heard, family. That's not Christianity. If God were to write us off the way we write each other off, if God were to give up on us the way we give up on people, if God were to be as stingy with His grace as we are, if God were to judge us as harshly as we judge each other, who could stand? But yet, that's exactly what the Word of God says. In Luke 6, Jesus is saying, listen, judge not and you won't be judged. You, you want to know how to do it? Listen, judge not and you will not be judged. Condemn not and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, it'll be dropped in your lap. Listen, for with the measure that you use, it will be measured unto you. This is how we do it. 
That should excite us and scare us to death. The measure you use, it will be measured back to you. You don't want to be judged? Don't judge anybody. Come on, receive this. You can forget everything else. Receive this. You don't want to be judged, don't judge anybody. You don't want to be condemned, don't condemn anybody. You want to be forgiven, then you got to forgive. <laughs> you want things to be given to you, then you give. Worship team, you guys can come up. This is so heavy. I don't, this, I mean, we've probably heard this scripture a hundred times, but, but let it weigh on you. Let it sit on you. You don't want to be judged. Stop judging. Stop talking about people. Oh, my God. We got to stop talking about people. <laughs> oh, man. That's so much fun, though. Because <laughs> it makes me feel so much better about myself. When I talk about everybody else, how they fail and how they fumbled and how they messed that up and say, whoa, that, that dude's life is a joke. That lady's a mess. You said it. Why? Because then I feel a little better. Well, compared to him, yo, I got it together. Right? Compared to him, I'm a gatekeeper in the house of the Lord. No, you just judged. Now that measure that you used on him is going to be used to you. And now the little bit of grace that you showed him, that's the little bit of grace you're going to get. And you might need a little bit more than that little bit of grace that you gave that guy. Oh, come on. Family, I'm confident. I, I've never been so sure about a sermon series in the seven years of the Sanctuary Fellowship. I'm confident that we've been given enough pictures of grace at this point that we should be able and equipped to walk differently. I want to call things as they are. I want to see a mature church coming forth. A mature church coming forth. What does that look like? Let's wait and see. I want to see a mature church coming forth. That's a church that builds people up and doesn't tear people down. That's a church that sees when somebody's limping and they go and put their hands, their shoulder underneath that shoulder and help them walk for a little while until the leg gets stronger again. Amen? And then we release them because we gotta, people got to learn how to walk on their own too. But there's nothing wrong with, 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 with coming up under somebody and just helping them out, man. There's nothing wrong with just lifting somebody up for a minute. And then when they're good again, then, then you're good, making sure we're good. And then staying there with them for a little while, making sure they're good, and then walking on. Amen? That's a mature church, family. That's a mature family. It, I, I want to see a church that reflects on the grace of God and then reflects the grace of God. Jesus summed it up like this in John 13. He says, a new command I give you. This is Jesus, a new command I give you. As I've loved you, you must love one another. By this, all men will know that you're my disciples. If you love one another. How are people going to know 
that you are a part of the Sanctuary Fellowship, this little church in the Bronx, or that little church in the Bronx, or that big church here, or that. How are people going to know because you rock a T-shirt that has the big S on it? Because you got a S bumper sticker or a grateful sticker on your car? The Word says they're going to know us by the love that we have for one another. Jesus said, forget what you heard, love God and love people. This is how we do Can we stand and worship? Come on. Come on. Hallelujah. We're going to give you a couple of minutes before we leave to just reflect. Give you an opportunity to respond today. If you... You've been guilty, man. We've all been guilty, so that, that's not even a question. But if you feel something on your heart, man, that God is saying, what does love require of me? God, you're telling me to love you and love people. What does love require of me? Well, he gave us four examples, judging, condemning, forgiving, and giving. If you've been guilty, if you need help in these areas, if you need forgiveness, if you just need, you just want to get a fresh start this morning, I'm going to ask the prayer team to come up. If you just want somebody to hug on your neck and, and, and say they're glad that you're here, just come up. And prayer team, if you see somebody coming towards you, just run on them and hug on their neck. Guys with guys and girls with girls, let's not get nobody crazy. Let's keep it spiritual, amen? First Peter, the word says, the end of all things is near. Therefore, be clear-minded, be self-controlled, so that you can pray. Above all, love each other deeply, because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each one should use whatever gift he's received to serve others faithfully administering God's grace in all its various forms. Let's walk in it, church.
those of you who are not up in the front, I'm going to ask you to do something. I'm going to ask you to go to the person next to you and say, I won't harm you with the words of my mouth. I want husbands and wives right now to say to each other, I will not harm you with the words of my mouth. Go ahead. If there's somebody you've already harmed with your words, I want you to go up to them. Maybe there's somebody here today, and you, there's something between you and that person. We want to settle it right here and right now. We don't want one person leaving here today that you've got anger in your heart. There's bitterness. one more thing just to put your hand over just touch your mouth with your hand and I'm just going to pray Father I just repent right now as the body of Christ in every way where we have judged each other we have spoken lies oh God we have wounded our brothers and sisters We have said things that we shouldn't have said, oh God. Forgive us, Lord. We repent today. In Jesus' name. And here's what I'm going to do. I bless the work of your mouth. I bless your lips to speak blessing, to build each other up to speak those things that will be beneficial, to speak words that will not hurt. How many of you have had words spoken against you and it hurt in the deepest places? Well, in Jesus' name, I just speak healing over your heart, over every part of you that's been wounded and judged. Let's just lay it all down today. Father, we we just give you today, oh God. Everyone who has hurt us, we choose to forgive. forgive that person, oh God. We just bless you today in Jesus' name. If there's anyone else that you maybe you need grace today. We're going to keep the altars open for a few minutes. If you're saying I, I, need, I need a touch of God. I, I need God to strengthen me. Say, that's also grace. Grace me also means when I can't take another step, when I'm walking in hurt, the grace of God comes 
and gives me the strength to go one more day, one more mile. So if that's you, we just, we just gonna want to pray for you. We want to bless you. So let's just worship. Let's just close this series and just worship God in a new way. Let God search your heart and mind. If, if there's anything you're holding against someone, just leave that debt right here at the altar. Father, we just cancel every debt. All unforgiveness, God. We leave it today, oh God. And we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's just close worshiping one more time. protection father under the anointing father we release them with a good word oh god and pray father that this word would have fallen on good saw you and that it would grow and grow father and just be the, the, the either the beginning of a transformation or the continuing of a transformation in our lives oh god 
Father, we pray, Father, Lord, that this word would not be stolen, Father. When we walk out the door, Father, but we would just continue to walk and, and nurture this word in our hearts, oh God. For you are good, oh God, and your mercy endures forever. So, Father, we live in your grace. We understand your grace. We stand in your grace, oh God. And we leave here, we leave this building surrounded by your grace, oh God. So you guys be blessed. Be a blessing to those you come in contact with. Have a wonderful day.